Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome to Following On County Cricketer. Myself, John Norman, George DeBell and Nick Friend from The Cricketer and also Steve Harmison. Looking back at the final round of games in the County Championship, it is our final show of uh, of the summer. Although it's actually technically autumn and uh, George DeBell is packing his bags, ready to head off to, uh, to India. Uh, it's been a fantastic season if you're a Surrey fan or a Durham fan, which mean harmy on. Uh, but there's also been so much uh, drama and intrigue and stories of plenty, few retirements along the way. Uh, and we're going to look back and look forward and uh, just uh, dissect the action uh, and pick out some of the key performances and uh, standout uh, players from the season over the next uh, 25 minutes or so. Thanks for listening to Following On County Cricketer. Well, Surrey champions of Div 1, we now know. I know I got very, very stressed last week, but I was thinking, you know, if you were just to look at the the table at the end of the summer, you'd wonder what all the stress was about. But in fairness to Nick Friend, that's kind of what you were saying last week. There was no real stress, was there? Um, but uh, they've done it. You were there, Nick. Um, and uh, Alex Stewart chose yesterday as... Uh, as his moment just to, uh, I don't know, stand up for the county game? Is he the uh, unofficial um, media spokesperson for uh, for four-day cricket in our country? I would certainly say he's the guy whose voice holds the most weight. Wouldn't he? I mean, I think there's, I don't think there's any way he doesn't respect Alex Stewart in, in English cricket. Um, you know, I wrote yesterday, it's very easy to... Um, it's crazy to look at Sire when it's to talk about resources and you know, Dan Lawrence joins next year signing the best player of the closest rivals and, and say, oh, you know, I've spoken to a few players in recent weeks and other county to sort of compare them to to Man City, but actually not in the way that you'd you necessarily think. But um, there's this sort of being off machine that, that just keeps winning. And um, and actually, like, on your point with the, the stress and what the table will ultimately look like, I think it was 
quite Man City-ish in the way that it's played out at the end. That you, the chasers have to be absolutely perfect, don't they? The big sorry leaves so little room for um, for manoeuvre. I mean, for it's worth we're recording, you know, before the end of the before the end of the Hampshire chase. I mean, if they were to lose to Hampshire, they lost three games in twenty-eight, so across two years or two seasons. But two of those games will effectively come, you know, basically, basically once they won the title. So Lancashire away last year. I'm sure this year, um, in both cases, I suspect mines and um, certainly the previous nights were been elsewhere. The other game they lost was was the Kookaburra round at the Oval against Lancashire earlier this season. Um, but yeah, I, I, my variety thought yesterday was, as Essex would bowl out was that Surrey just leave you so little room for manoeuvre. And actually, listening to Anthony McGrath earlier this week talking about you know how close Essex had come to winning seven in a row to to give himself a chance, so, you know, this, in this final round. Um, it sort of reminds me a bit of those sort of forlorn press conferences that, that you know Mikel Arteta, Jurgen Klopp, have given in in recent years when you when you when you sort of chased you know City all, all season long and been on their tails and, and and sort of eventually they they wear you down, don't they? Because they they you know they even in their bad weeks as last week it was for Surrey, you know, they, they ensure they they don't lose. They you know, were 140 for none, weren't they? You know, following on and. Um, they just shut the door on you. I think Kent away this season when where they chased five hundred was the best example of that. They were they were an aberration in the first place by that for hundred on a pretty good pitch. And um, yeah, I'd say knocked off what was it? It was the highest the highest championship run chase of all time. Certainly the slowest hundred from Tom Sibley. But just they've got so many ways of skinny a cat. They've won a lot of games chasing. They've won a few games in three days. They've got no one scored a thousand rounds, but no one's taking fifty wickets. But they just Muddle together as a as a group, they lose more players to England than anyone else, and yet um, they still had fifty percent of fifty percent of their championship squad or appearances were still made up of guys who'd come through the academy. Um, so it's not just this squad that's put together through enormous resources. You know, Tom Laws has taken forty on wickets. Gus Atkinson has, I think, it's gone quicker than everyone expected him to, and being with England for, for February, the, you know, the last part of the summer. Um, but they brought guys in like Dan Worrell, who just got straight away. Sean Abbott text Alex Stewart yesterday from Australia's camp in India, in India to say that he'd been following and to congratulate him. He was having a drink on him. Um, you know, I think they're not the only club with resource, but they are the club who uh, have put together a winning environment better than anyone else. And that's not just the that's not just this year. It's last year. And it was 2018. And there's a lot of acceptance from Surrey yesterday that they didn't get it right between 2019 and 21. They didn't know how to go again, but they've gone back to back and they're doing what the best teams do, certainly what Man City do, and strengthening while strong with Dan Lawrence coming in. Um, so, and, you know, Kimar Roach will be back for as long as Alex Jim wants him back. You know, that, that Roach loves it. Um, you know, that's the culture and the environment they've, they've built and they'll be very hard to stop for as long as they have that mindset, I suspect. Tommy, you your England career you kind of started around the same time Alec was ending, but you mm. came up a, against a very different Surrey side when you were playing for Durham, for sure. Uh, there was some wilderness years before Alex Stewart came back to the county. But how do you assess this Surrey team now to the great one at the turn of the century, and also the job that and the role really that Alex Stewart plays, not just within that the county, but within the game. Alex Stewart's an unbelievable man. He's somebody that, like Nick said before, you want to listen to. You want to 
when whenever you were in, I was done briefly in the dressing room with him, but you you had this aura about him that it just it just oozed class. So, but it also oozed authority. And I thought when he when he took over in twenty fourteen, them so four or five years previous to that, it looked as if Surrey lost their way, they lost their professionalism, if anything else, from a cricketing point of view. Um, possibly outsiders came into the into the you know the the building at the Oval, which didn't understand the Surrey way. Um, but in two thousand, the early two thousands, when I played cricket for Durham, getting into that Test team, they were a strong side. They were a professional side, even though they had some sort of Jack the Lad characters. But Adam Hollyoak run a you know a, a strong, strong ship, and I get that now with Gareth Batty, who was part of that at the back end of, of Adam's tenure. And there just seems to be, there seems to be a lot more, um, a lot more thought process goes in to, to what Alex Stewart's trying to do, Gareth Batty's trying to do, and, you know, the recruitment side of, of the Surrey County Cricket Club. So from that point of view, um, they are going to be a force. You know, the Man City analogy that Nick uses um, is very, very true, but a lot of teams have got resources. You know, you can't. You can say knots have got. You can't say knots have got the same resources, but they're a test playing county who um, get test matches and one day nationals every year. They get revenue, not to the extent of Surrey, um, and we sit here and bemoan a lot of the times when they go pinching players from other other places. So, I think I think you know you've got to have a leader who who leads by example. I think in twenty fourteen when Alex Stewart walked in. Don't think Surrey have really looked back um, from that point of view. So it, it's great to see because he's a, obviously the gaffer's a great man. And what he said yesterday, just he'll never ever go any higher in my estimation because I love the block to bits. But where he defended county cricket, the way he talked about the game, the way he described what was happening at the back end of the season in September, wasn't a rant. It was just common sense opinion about where our game is at this moment in time. And I think that has to be not only not be addressed as in drastically addressed, but what what the biggest thing for me the ECB need to do is actually listen to it. And I think if they do, they might not have a solution and they might not get to a solution, but they put plant a seed coming from one of the greatest cricketers that's ever played for cricket for England. Um, then hopefully they might listen to it. Do you think they'll listen, George? Your thoughts on, uh, on what some of Nick and Harmi said, but also the uh, the points that Alec was making, looking ahead to Super Super September, is how it's going to be coined, isn't it? Firstly, I think uh, English cricket is really lucky to have Alex Stewart and really lucky to have Surrey. I know that people think that they're rich and that they um, take talent from other places, but actually I think they've used their financial might quite responsibly and they have fought for the 18 counties over a period of years you know they were the the club that stood alone against the 100 for a while um and uh, i think what uh alex says now uh should be listened to i i fear that he's raging against the dying of the light but i i don't know you know cards can be turned around the direction of travel is obviously uh against him what I would say is that the people who appointed him to Surrey and respect him hugely are the people now in charge at the ECB. But I think, as I've said previously, when you look at uh, English cricket right now, 
and the structure of it, really. I, I keep going back to that old joke about someone stopping and asking for directions and the answer being, well, you don't want to start from here. They are in a desperately difficult position. Uh, and and I don't think it's fair to say that there are any easy solutions. And Alec, of course, recognised that when he was when he was talking. Uh, you know, the hundred is is a massive issue in the middle of the season. Uh, the, everything looks easier if you get rid of it. But we, we talked about this last time, didn't we? There are there are some positives associated with it, and you wouldn't want to give those up. Uh, but it is compromising everything else. Uh, and, it, and it's got to the stage where I think some people in English cricket, and I definitely don't mean the chair and chief executive of the ECB, but some people in English cricket for a while got um, really blasé, re- no, uh, disrespectful, I would say, about the, about counter cricket. They talked about it with um, in a scathing terms, really, uh, almost as if they wanted to replace it. Uh, and, and it needs to be, as, as he says, nurtured. It needs to be there will become a massive chasm between uh, domestic and international cricket unless we get county cricket right, unless we um, uh, nurture it, as he says. Uh, And the problem at the moment is we're trying to replace it with um, franchise cricket in terms of the experience deficit for players. And that will actually make the problem worse because players will miss more and more domestic cricket in England and Wales. So, I, I actually have always thought that if you get the pyramid right with counter cricket on the top, the England team will almost take care of itself. Uh, I still think that. I think Alec gets it. I think there's a lot of wisdom in what he's saying. And I actually think that if you talk to a lot of other directors of cricket, you know, experienced people, um, Peter Moores or um, or Ashley Charles, you know, you know, as a chief exec, or people who've been around the game a long time, they would actually say a lot of the same things. Um, so I hope the game does listen. I hope the game is able to put short-term financial incentives out of its mind just for once and look for the long-term betterment of the development of the game because uh, it does feel we're at a crossroads and uh, I think uh, Alec has pointed the right direction for us. And George, just to, just to pick up on what George is saying that some of the disrespect, I think, when you're talking about the, the people in the game about county cricket, actually come from some of the former players. Some of the former players who have got a bit of sway in the game because they've got a voice in the media. And I'm not going to name names, but three or four players that I've either spoken to or listened to have got such disdain of county cricket. And I feel like shouting down the TV or shouting down the phone at them and going, Where did you come from? How did you get into this game? What are you, you know, where where did where did that England dream start from? And that can never, ever be disrespected because the kids have started somewhere. The young players get to a position of, of, of strength, whether it's in the, the men's game or the women's game. And there's a platform for you to execute, to get to where you need to be. So when I hear former players completely you know, discredit county cricket, Sometimes I just have to bite my tongue really, really hard. And you know me, John, it doesn't normally take much for me to give somebody a volley. One of, one of the things I, I felt... It's really difficult when I hear people talk badly about county cricket because of where they've come from. Well, one of the things I felt about... quite strange about Andrew Strauss's... Uh, and I'm not saying that you're talking about Andrew Strauss, but I'm just bringing yeah. in Andrew Strauss. 
the way he spoke about or seemed to allude to or talked about uh, county cricket was very dismissive and talking about the massive step up from county game to international game, which I'm not dis- not dis- disagreeing with that. But it's not like I can look around the world and see a first class game or a domestic structure, which, you know, is up there, you know, which is the, the standard bearer. I mean, the Sheffield Shield for many years was was seen as that, but I'm not sure it is anymore. And and even still, I'd say that the county game has got a lot going for it. The Shield doesn't in terms of spectators and the links within the, the cricket going fraternity within the, the immediate area of where the, the, the games take place. So I'm not sure... I'm not sure New you know, New Zealand have got don't have a first class domestic structure that's particularly impressive. They've stripped that back over the years and it hasn't stopped them becoming number one in the world or winning the World Test Championship. You know, Sri Lanka cricket hasn't even got a first class structure at times, domestic. West Indies, we know, is an absolute sham. Um, Pakistan changes every year. They've got a million games a season and they've got none. And even in India, they don't seem to give it much love. So I can't see I can't see why that step up is any more pronounced in England than it is anywhere else in the world. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I, I, I would counter that side myself. A lot, bear in mind, a lot of this talk um, came to the period when England won one in 17 tests. And if you're, you know, if you're, um, you'd be negligent not to look at what's beneath that. You know, we, you know, we've, let's face it, until the Ashes, we were still looking for two European batters that people are happy with, you know, two guys who were averaging north of 25, 30. And it's, it's, taken, it's taken something quite radical to change the fortunes of English test cricket, hasn't it? I, I don't think they you know, they've gone through a very long period of time without, um, you know, without competing abroad, without competing abroad in Australia, certainly in Australia. Um, you know, there was, there, was, there was a series in India where we're extremely valuable against spin. There are, there are, and actually, and, and what I would say about the Strauss review is that a lot of what he wrote, so a lot of what was written in that report um, has been acted upon, was broadly positive um, in terms of in terms of trying to minimise the step up. So I, I would caveat, I would caveat the Strauss stuff and, and certainly the counts game or something, because I don't think it is disputable that there is, not, that there is a large step up from one to the other. I think what we've seen under McCullum and Stokes, particularly in the test game, is that They've tried to look at they've they've, they've framed it a different way, haven't they? It's, it's not the runs you score; it's the manner the manner in which you score them. It's not the the wickets that you take, but the way in which you take them. Um, and it's let's let's face it, it's taken that you know to to sort of arrest the slide that that we were on for for quite a while. So I, I think there is still there, is, there are absolutely ways the game can be improved, and I think Alistair referred to a lot of those. That, Let's face it, you know, next one, next September is going to be even more crammed than this one. Um, and, you know, this one is absolutely not ideal. Um, you know, guy, players are, players are knackered, and as, as well they might be. You know, it, is, it is a six-month season, and it's not just the playing days. It's how few... I saw someone last week on social media advocating saying that we could add a round of championship games by getting rid of a bye week. If you polled that to every counter cricketer in the country right now, we'd get a very, very quick, short, sharp answer. What this what, what the schedule does not need is more cricket and less rest. Because I'm telling you, this is not breeding. What exists now does not breed the best cricket. Because guys are travelling throughout, and the teams that are doing well keep doing well. So you've got a bit of momentum. The teams who are struggling 
you're really struggling because you are just going from defeat to defeat to defeat on a coach, not stopping. Stories of counties who are meeting Red Bull and White Bull at service stations, swapping between a coach and a car, the guys who aren't the player getting into the car, the guys who were playing, driving back home, while the other guys getting a coach to drive into the country, who then drive back down to join them for, for a blah thing three days or four days later. It is it is insane that the schedule as it is. And as Jordan said, obviously dropping 100 in the middle of August is, you know, I guess the root of a lot of that. But let's, let's not pretend that the schedule wasn't, you know, people have been debating the schedule for decades. So there is absolutely, they, a, you know, problems that still exist. You know, the, they, the, look, the scheduling problem have existed forever, but I just want to come in on the, the Strauss report. Yeah, as you say, was written on the back of one win in 17. I, I, I just think that, there's such a big caveat to that uh, record. England were playing away yeah, tests yeah. during COVID. How many did Australia play? They didn't play any. And why did England play all those away tests during COVID? Because they wanted to keep the money coming in. The whole priority of that regime of English cricket was short-term financial gain, which which I thought was underlined yesterday when I reported that uh, Tom Harrison received £1.13 million in this, for the six months or whatever. Um in uh, 2022 uh you know that that was his payment for the last financial year despite leaving in june uh the the priority was all about that you know england did not have a chance when they went to australia for the ashes there was basically no preparation um and, and it felt like the results were then used to leverage the changes that the some of the authority wanted to see now and i'll go back to the same thing uh basically what Harmy said when England won in Australia in 10-11, when they won their first global limited overs tournament in the Caribbean in 2010, they had players who were built on the strongest years that I've ever seen in county cricket. And that's the early part of this century when we bought in four day cricket, we bought in promotion and relegation. The championship was strong as all hell. And uh, T20 started in 2003 England did it their own way. They did it differently to the rest of the world, and it worked. Uh, now we seem absolutely, ins- we seem as if we must follow, and we try and ape the example of the IPL in particular. And we didn't need to do that. It's not it's a very different culture, very different priorities, very different in lots of ways. And I think that um, we should have the strength to do it our own way. And that will mean uh, a reprioritization but you, you know people will, will always say well t20 is where the money is or 100 where the money is stats don't actually prove that the facts don't 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 back that up at all look at the attendances for england's uh test matches look at the ticket prices look at the broadcast revenues that are bought in it seems to me insane to be jeopardizing that by diluting the tournament that creates the players um, so look, Alec brought up a lot of these things. I do think he has the ear of the people running the game, but I've got a lot of sympathy for the, the, the position in which they find themselves. Okay, let's talk about some of the um, standout players from the year. Stepping away from Surrey, although I'm glad you mentioned Tom Laws. I think he's a he's a fine young bowler coming through. But uh, I don't know if you can uh, throw out a few names from. Uh, some of the other counties, not just uh, youngsters like James Rue. I'm sure he'll get a mention, but, um, you know, well, players at Le- Durham as well. Alex Lease, for instance. Well, I'm going to say Liam, Liam Dawson. I, I, Liam Dawson, for me, is a player that, yeah. 
Absolutely phenomenal. And I'm not just saying that because of the hundred he scored against Essex, but I mean, he was, I've been watching obviously the four day game against Hampshire. He's absolutely unplayable. The only player who was looking anywhere close to being able to deal with him was um, that youngster, the young Indian chap, Sai Sujarasan. But uh, yeah, Liam Dawson. And I suppose, can you call him unfashionable? Because yeah, so. his his record is just is phenomenal. He averaged 55. He averaged 55, 840 runs, 55 with a bat. He got 47, 47 wickets at 20 with a ball. Uh, he came up against Surrey side. Any other teams that that is in the championship winning side? Does he go to India? Has he got that the outside chance of, of going to India? Because when people will listen to this and go, no chance. You've got to remember Ben Stokes doesn't bowl, so we've got to find some old. They've got to find bowlers who can bat, and that for me might just Ben with Ben Stokes not bowling in India might just bring Liam Dawson into the fray of um, of being that. You know, spinning all round or that batting all rounder, bowling all rounder, whichever you want to go. Um, he might find himself on the plane, but for me, he's been a player there yet. Well, there's no bowing either, of course, in India. By the way, I don't think I knew that Ben Stokes wasn't going to bowl in the Test Series in India. I think you may have just given us a bit of a scoop right there, Harvey. Yeah, he uh, can't. <laughs> he can't. He, well, can't. he can't. He can't stand up. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him to bowl in the World Cup yet. Would you? Would no, you? I wouldn't really? Put it past him, but... No. I wouldn't put it past him, but I think there are powers just with that, just out of Ben's reach. And I think this is, he looks in, I tell you what, there'll be a lot of, there'll be a lot of people with bad knees and sore knees around the world. If Ben Stokes is bowling come World Cup or come India, they're like, they'll want to know what Ben Stokes has been doing, what he's been taking, what operation he's had, because at the end of the summer, he looked a broken man. And even during these one days, that's just gone against New Zealand. There were times I was thinking, you might not even get to India because of the way he was moving. So to see him bowl in January, February and March, good luck with that one. The, the other one I'd mention is uh, another guy who I think should be in India is Ben Folks. It, it, bit, we, we get to vote for a player of the season, the Cricket Riders Club, and I got it down to those two, actually, in my head, Ben Folks and Liam Dawson. Uh, ben Folks has kept brilliantly, uh, which I think is taken for granted. But I think he also scored more centuries than anyone else at Surrey. He scored three centuries. Um, played, you know, yeah, a, a big part in the championship se- success. Something about him seems to go a bit unsung. But I thought he was another player that, um, you know, of the mature players. And, uh, um, you know, Ben Sanderson, you'd have to say, has had a, a, a fantastic season. Now, that's a really unfashionable cricketer. In a struggling he, he team, bowled, but he's he done brilliantly. beautifully well. Yes, over this. I mean, did he not dismiss Cook? Said he did in the first innings. Not sure the second innings, but yeah, he he looked unplayable at times. And and, and, and he's not really a young, a particularly young player anymore. Although he is quite young. Uh, Josh Bahannon's had on the quiet mm. a really good season. At a different age, he would be in the England side now. A uh, very good player. He was nearly in though, wasn't he? He was nearly in England, England, the reckoning during COVID. And then last season he had a, I think it was the yeah. year before, he was spare batter. Was he not spare batter for the West Indies trip then, uh, when it all fell horribly wrong at the end? I think he was spare batter for that trip. And then he didn't really have the greatest of seasons. But this season he's he's obviously he's come good. And in a side, Lancashire, obviously Glenn Chapel has left. Um, it's... And uh, it's not been a, a, a like a hugely successful season for Lancashire, but Bahannon, 
is he back on England's radar? Possibly. I don't know. What he I, hasn't I, done is what Alex Lees has done. And Alex yeah. Lees is another absolutely reasonable you know shout for player of the season, which is reinvent his game. Yeah. Gone to a different level, become yeah. a different person. There's a, I think there might be more to come from Alex Lees. I mean, it's, I don't think it's ridiculous to suggest that he's a potential leader of England. You know, who who knows where, where they go next? But um, th- there's a he lot to my, like. He was my, he got my vote for the season because yeah. I, and, and partly just as sort of a, it was sort of, it was a symbolic vote as the best player in the most dominant team in, in the country. Um, as much as Sarri won Division 1, Durham's numbers Division 2 are bordering on hilarious. Like, I think it's 21 centuries, 33 half centuries, maximum batting points with a bear in mind with it made 50 runs harder to get there in I think half of their games um, it's an insane record what they've done um, you know on the same surfaces they were struggling to bowl teams out on for the last couple of years to to win relentlessly at home to to do to be to be massive beneficiaries of Lancashire deciding that once Matt Parkinson was going to be, going to be on his way out not to pick him to decide wicket taking leg spinner to um, to add to to add to what they had to to have some quality, you know, to having them quality fast bowlers and pots and cars and the more unsung, you know, much more sounds like bowling Ben Rain, who's um, mm. I say quietly, it's not been that quiet. Had a, had a brilliant season um, with the ball. Also, was a useful pass down the order. I think they made the signing the season in, in, in Ollie Robinson. I think even Matt Coonman, who started the season with them, was a really intelligent signing for them at the time. Had he not got his back injury, I guess they would have taken. A lot more wickets over um, over the course of the season. Everything they've done has has worked. Certainly, red ball cricket. I was quite surprised at how they struggled white ball wise. Actually, you know, Graham Clark, perfect example. Didn't think mm. he'd play another red ball game under when when James Franklin was the coach. And he comes out this season with a couple of red ball hundreds. I saw his father tweeting a couple of days ago thanking Ryan Gamble for the, the faith he's shown him. Um, you know, found a role from the six as a sort of counter attacking aggressive batter and he's been helped by the fact that the guys on the order have got runs so he's come in in a lot of really lovely situations um, they've been you know the number of guys I've spoken to in Division 2 who, who have played in Division 1 who have said with some certainty that they would have competed towards the top end of, of Division 1 this season um, they've been streets ahead of everyone else in Division 2 and also they've been the only team in Division 2 possibly by none who've sort of had no real upheaval along the way I mean, if you think of what's gone on in in that division this season, you've had Paul Nixon leave Leicester, you've had Steve Snell, performance director of Gloucestershire, you've had Sussex with their issues off the field the last few weeks. Um, Derby, with your, 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 your Derby with the, with the Mickey Arthur country, Pakistan role, with Yorkshire with the points deduction. Um, Matt Maynard's leaving to Morgan. Um, Worcestershire losing, you know, being told off in the season that they could lose half their squad at the end of the season. It's, um, it's, I, mean, I think it's extraordinary what they've done as well. Um, they've had a brilliant season. We, don't know, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, but called finals in the last and one day cup and promoted um, and sort of held themselves together with the guys who were, the guy, including the guys who were, who were, who were off in, in October and playing such a key role in, in the running. Um, it's the same. It's, 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 quite, it's quite extraordinary whether they are where they are, but when you look at where everyone else is as well, maybe... Maybe it isn't so much. There's been a lot of upheaval in that vision, but to be, to be but fair, Nick, Durham couldn't Durham couldn't lose couldn't have been any more of a shambles after what happened four or five years ago. They've no, been no, slowly but surely, and I think what we talked about Alex Stewart. Yeah, you know, we we talked about Alex Stewart 
over the course of since 2014. I think Marcus we've got Moore, similar, similar stuff about Marcus Moore. Yeah, I, 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 a, I wrote an on piece in 2021, I think it was, uh, a, a, a literally titled Rebuilding Durham, which spoke to North and Bostock and everyone in the world, they were talking about the five year plan. And I think it's taken six, hasn't it? But but where they where they find themselves now with a lot of the guys, you know, talk about Ben Rain, he left, of course, went to Leicester, um, well, had to leave when, you know, when he was young, went to Leicester, a lot of those guys would come back and Scott Gordon, I think. And, um, called in another one. You know, they, they, they put that they put the band back together. They as much as they could, uh, and they recruited from. I think also importantly, or maybe not importantly, but interestingly, they recruited externally, coach wise. I mean, um, with Franklin and then with Campbell, there's a lot of get a lot of internal hires done in in, in county cricket, and um, I think the benefit of having some fresh eyes, Ryan Campbell, who just came in, said, "I've not seen him strong before, but we're going to play aggressive cricket, play to win," and forget draws and all that stuff it's worked you know just having a bit of sort of fresh energy from you know completely externally is, is, is really helpful as well it helps northeast you're right there with some external eyes but marcus snorts lived on and off inside in sort of newcastle area since the early 2000s yeah he knows true. the area he understands the area he actually played a lot of cricket in the local leagues so oh, nothing oh, oh. knows what knows the sort of the area inside out. A couple of other names I'd I'd mention, um, because Leicester had a, a fantastic side. And you look at Lewis Deploy, who he's got nearly twelve hundred championship runs, um, who's been excellent, and Rishi Patel is another one yeah. who have done yeah, Leicester seem to have even though they lost Paul Nixon, they they seem to sort of that seemed to galvanize them, you know, culminating in the in the fifty over competition win. But Two guys there, over a thousand wickets, and Leicester getting Leicester than players taking over a thousand wickets, having over sorry over a thousand runs in a championship season is unheard of. A thousand wickets, yeah, be be good, but no, I think I think you know the the, the more unfashionable counties, mm. they've actually there's a few of them done quite well this year with the the likes of Leicester and I'm over the moon for Jalo with the people he's had to go get a chance to be in the first division next year, so. All in all, for me, I think there've been some, yeah, there've been great performances. Lee's just misses out on Player of the Year for me over Liam Dawson um, because of what we've said, um, and probably my young Player of the Year would be like we mentioned before, who, who John says would have getting a mention, but he hasn't getting a word in yet. It's James Rue because uh, I think the, 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 the streams I've seen and the games I've seen on TV, and that boy's got a lot of talent. Well, somewhat, somewhat fittingly, it has been Liam Dawson that's taken the final wicket. So, uh, sorry, have lost that game against Hampshire. Nine wickets in the match. Um, just to wrap up, guys, and looking ahead to next year, and uh, for those of you listening to the show wondering why we're not talking about Middlesex or Kent getting relegated, but uh, we haven't, um, we've had to record the show before those matches have come to their conclusion. Certainly looks like it's uh, destiny is in Kent's hands, but um, you never know, you never know. But looking ahead to next year, just a, a little word about what, uh, well, it's going to be another big year for Yorkshire, isn't it? You know, du- uh, the, the Durham uh, the the, uh, the Durham situation they found themselves in a few years ago, I suppose Yorkshire can be looking at Durham's promotion this year and saying to themselves, well, okay, that's where we're going to be in, in two or three years' time, maybe next year, who knows. Uh, big season for Worcestershire. You mentioned Ashley Giles, so Ashley Giles and Alex Stewart uh, reunited 
um, in Division One. It's going to be uh, tough for them. But also counties like Middlesex, whether they stay up or go down, you know, what do they need to do just to uh, just improve things? And Sussex as well. That's a, that's been a funny old funny old season for them. So um, just to wrap up before we finish up, George, I don't know if there's anything in there that you want to discuss or uh, or anything different towards the back end of the show, so you can. Uh, you can get packing for finish your packing for India. No. The one name I've added to the player of the season stuff, and you mentioned, you mentioned Middlesex, you had a pretty average year. Um, knows, that Ryan, knows that Ryan Higgins is on the PCA's list, PCA's nominees list for player of the year, which yeah. to be honest, to me by surprise initially because you say he's playing side and side a pretty poor year across all the formats. But in a in a pretty mad year, he's played every single game of cricket across all three formats as a seam bowling rounder who bowls a lot of overs, does a lot of batting. Um, is basically the fulcrum of that that team. Has been too fair. Was at Gloucestershire as well. Um, that's real, and his numbers stack up as well. It's a serious effort to play that amount of cricket across the same you know predominantly losing team and to retain that level. Um, the other one, Jamie Porter as well, actually, has he's had his best year in years, fully fit, started really well, and has bowled beautifully all season. Be interesting to see if there's any if there's more to come from. Obviously, he's been he's been he's another one who's been close to England. Um you know, I I meant to this time last year, he sort of dropped quite a long way behind Sam Cook and did even the Essex back in order. But I, you know, I sort of wonder whether whether he does have a chance here, but he's bowled so he's bowled beautifully all year. Um Taking a lot of wickets. Um, and I think he said the start of the year, this is the first year he'd started fully fit. Um, he's gone through that way. So it'd be, yeah, it's been good to see that. And so I wonder if there's a bit more to come because, you know, speaking a couple of years ago, there certainly would have been. I, I suppose maybe we should talk about some of those who are, we're not going to see anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's fair to say that Alistair Cook has probably retired. He hasn't announced it yet, but. I think we could expect an exclusive in. Well, who does he work for? Is it the Telegraph or Times? I can't remember. Um, and the BBC. Telegraph. No, Times. Telegraph. Yeah. <laughs> it's Times. telling that we can't remember. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, 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 I think we've seen the last of Alistair Cook. So, what an incredible career that's been. And uh, I thought it was kind of uh, interesting that he went out at the same time as uh, Simon Kerrigan. Obviously, Simon Kerrigan hasn't enjoyed a career like uh, uh, Alistair Cook's, but. Um, he uh, he was such a good bowler for a couple of years, he, 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 uh, and obviously he, he you know basically had the yips or whatever you want to call it. Uh, career fell apart. Just so brave and uh, brilliant to get back to play first class cricket again, and enjoying some success as well. So um, you know, two really admirable careers, and I'm sure there'll be lots of others. Nick, you you can remind me who else is uh, uh, retiring oh, at the end of the season. There'll be loads, really? of course. A few of the old boys that were, I think Gareth Berg and Tim Murdoch, the 42 year olds, are both. Oh, Lord, yeah. Both gone. Um, I mean, they've had, they're, they're great examples of like even the contrast that you can have at that age. I mean, Gareth Berg was quite a late comer to, to first class cricket, wasn't he? Um, but, uh, and I think he's Italy's head coach as well, whereas Tim Merton ends with, what, well over a thousand wickets. Um, and even in his last game was, you know, Middlesex, the best bowler, took eight in the match against Warwickshire. He's staying on as their bowling coach. And, and I suspect if there was a contract to just bowl in Red Bull Cricket at Lords, uh, then, you know, if that was an option, I suspect that would have, would have been one that both sides of my thoughts about. But um, no, two more brilliant careers. And they've got 
feel like they're I feel like they're a fair few more. And there'll be guys who just drop, you know, there'll also be guys who drop out of the game who you know there's a fire number of professional counties and professional fire number of professional contracts to go around and there are a fair few guys still have, still have a contract on this and um I mean I suspect there'll be more to come in terms of retirements we don't know about, which I think of the top of my head. But um then Chapel even Lancashire after thirty years. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Unbelievable bowler. Great man, probably one of the one of the best players never to play for England in a Test match. Mm-hmm. Um, best bowlers to play for England in a Test match to leave after such a long time as he's given everything to to Lancashire. And you know, it, it's always hard when you see somebody like that, especially a good friend, leave after being there and given so much and so long for so long when it hasn't been as you know successful when it comes to a season he's had, but. Um, I'm sure Chappie will end up on one of the England programmes over the winter. Um, and that's where he might find himself in, in the future. But, you know, for what he's given to Lancashire, he should be, you know, royally patted on the back. Well, I was a bit surprised by that uh, decision, Harmi. Should I not have been? Uh, I was as well. Oh, OK. Because um, uh, I think the, the problems they have, um, well, I'm not, there's quite a lot of good about Lancashire cricket. I mean, a lot of good about Lancashire cricket. Uh, it's pretty hard to win there. The pitches don't do them a lot of favours. I mean, uh, I I don't know. I I don't know whether the the director of cricket or the coaches have a lot of say over these things. Um, But I think that's something they maybe need to look at. And that's the beauty about how Durham's done well this season. We had Ryan Campbell in the Cricket Collective. And the first thing he said was, we talked about flat pitches at this this ground. And he said, the last thing I want to hear is any of you bowlers coming in and say, it's too flat. We can't get wickets. It's like find a way of changing angle, bowl slower balls, try a way and doing that. 
And as Nick was mentioned to before, talked about the, the run rate and the numbers that England, I mean, the Durham batters have got this season. There's only two bowlers in the second division at this minute in time got more than 50 wickets. One's Ben Wren, one's Matthew Potts. So not only have, has he changed the mindset of the batters, Ryan Campbell's changed the mindset of the bowlers, the bowl and flat wickets. You've got to have that. Look, you, Ben Wren's a quality performer. Matthew Potts is on the verge of playing for England again and again and again. But if you haven't got that at Lancashire, then you're going to struggle to win games if you don't get 20 wickets. But you've got to somehow try to find a way. Possibly, you know, when Chappie has his glass of wine in a, you know, in a few months' time and looks at what's happened this season, maybe there is something in that for the next Lancashire coach. Come in and go, right, we need to find a way of getting wickets on these surfaces because if we don't, we're not going to win matches and we're not going to compete. No, no, it was, also, it was one of the very first... Very first things I experienced yesterday was name checking Lee Fortis and the ground staff, the Oval, um, because they, they, they like Durham, have found ways of winning and a large part of that is, is the quality of the consistency of quality of pitch they've played on. Um, Will Jacks talked about how he's not bowled on all a great deal for some of the season. That's because they bowl on, they tend to produce fast green wickets, things what, is what Jacks described them as. And, um, and for all the talk about, and of course we talked so much earlier season about the, the bonus point structure that came in this year, all those other bonus points, the, the reduction in draw points this year, um, it probably shouldn't be a surprise to say that the, team, but the teams that have won the most games have won the international reason, have won the title because there has been less on a draw. Um, I mean, like I said, I think Hampshire actually was kind of level, haven't they, with Sally on eight wins. Um, Hampshire and other counties produced without wickets. Um, this one spun a lot more seams. Um, yeah, but it's as you say, you know, bowlers win titles, and like as much as a thousand runs, a great number, but it, it's no good if, as you say, if, if you're not producing, if you're not buying teams out twice in the game, guys. On the topic of ground stuff, we're going to bring this season's <laughs> following on county cricketer to a close. I mean, I can't think of a more fitting way to finish. Well, it's been a terrific season. Um, brilliant stuff. Uh, I do just want to have a quick uh, just a quick shout out to Sam Mooreshead, who is uh, departing the cricketer, head of digital, and uh, a big reason why this show was put together in the first place at the start of 2020, or ahead of the 2022 season. Uh, whoever comes in to replace him, hopefully, um, like me here at TalkSport, believes that this is a show worth uh, persevere, persevering with um, and we'll be back at the start of the 2024 season. Who knows what the cricket uh, schedule and world will look like by that point. But uh, uh, George, safe travels to India. Lovely Thank as you. ever to have you on. I'll see you when you get Thanks back to me. England. I'll see you uh, in England or maybe the Caribbean or back in India at the start of next year. Who knows? Uh, Nick, I'm having lunch with you on the 27th of November, aren't I? Oh yeah, the oh well, no, I see it. The cricket writers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. That's, that's kind of done that one, isn't it? Um, Nick, I'll see you at the cricket writers. See you there. The only time of the year I see oh you outside God. of a what cricket. Well, you're going to have to tell us now. What you're going to have to tell us what you've seen, and it's going to have to be good. It's going to have to be more in- interesting than a, a bus. What's um, happened? Well, let's see. Set the scene home. for us. Well, I'm at home. No. Tremendously good reason. Um, where Gloucestershire, I think, are a wicket away from losing. I think, I think they won the pattern in the past. 
um, the JC500, and the number 11 is just switching Jack Carson for six. Um, he's, he's reverse swept every ball he's faced, Zamanakta from the off spinner, and he's just absolutely nailed him for six and back a point. And it's taken all of the few people in the ground by a fair bit of surprise. There's now a deep backward point in place. No, no more, no, nobody is more surprised than you. Yeah, sorry, that, the noise I made. Well, there you go. And uh, <laughs> listeners, just well, I'm glad you explained where you are because it has sounded like you're in underwater for the last 40 minutes. Uh, but Nick, I'll see you at the CWC. And Harmy, I'll see you. Well, you're off to Lanzarote for a week. I'll see you down in London at some point. I'm sure. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Been following on Counter Cricketer. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.